This is a podcast by The Straits Times and Money FM 89.3. That time of the week where we turn our attention to headlines from around the region. We've got Malaysia spending 77.3 billion ringgit in subsidies and cash aid this year to help temper the effects of rising prices. We've also got Indonesian President Joko Widodo attempting to hold peace talks between Russia and Ukraine. And we have the Bank of Thailand's officials coming forward to say that the tightening of the country's monetary policy will not disrupt their recovery. Let's catch up with Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing good, Alan. How are you doing? Not too bad. And what an exciting week of headlines. Start off in Malaysia, where you're based in. Finance Minister there, Tanku Zafrul Aziz, saying that the country is expected to spend 77.3 billion ringgit in subsidies and cash aid this year. That's the largest amount in history, all to help with the effects of rising prices. Okay, (laughs) obviously, this sounds great, especially heading into an election campaign coming up very, very soon. You've mentioned before that Malaysians have been complaining about the rising prices, the concern. But where is this money going to come from? Well, that's a good point. I mean, the government for one thing has little choice. Only last week, Ismail Sabri's administration was forced to abort plans, right, to remove ceiling prices of chicken and scrap subsidies for certain bottle cooking oil. So I think that the subsidies will jump to $77 billion, which is $6 billion that originally projected. This does suggest that the government is hoping to probably gradually remove some subsidies for okay. other items. But clearly now they've decided against it because, like you pointed out, it's politics. But the question is, where is money going to come from? You know, they really will have to trim the development expenditure. So money was earmarked for development. It's clearly going to go to subsidies, you know. So this is where I think the problem is going to arise. So we're going to see less development, more subsidies. But the question here also, Elliot, is what else is being subsidized? There is talk about a huge amount of money set aside for compensation to toll concession operators. Okay. You know, that's a part of the subsidy too. So this debate now that is swirling over subsidies is just going to intensify in the coming week because everyone wants to know where it really is this money going to. So... This is going to be a big issue in the coming weeks. And I think as much as the government is worried about the public outcry because of rising prices, people are going to start to question, you know, where really is this money going to, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, at the end of the day, even if you take it out of development, it still has some long-term effect because... Exactly. Yeah, it's like, solve the problem now, but there'll be another one in the future. It's, oh, it's really unfortunate. It's another issue that we're looking at the palm oil miners in Malaysia. Some of them, in fact, temporarily halted production following a dramatic plunge in prices of the edible oil. Malaysia, I believe, is the world's second largest producer. Is this a wise move? I mean, competitive edge versus Indonesia, is this something that they should be worried about? Well, this, I think, is a temporary situation. And this is because how the downstream segments of the business operate. Prices of oil have plunged 22% to US 1,100 per ton from roughly 1,500 in June. This is the biggest one-month decline in more than 13 years. Mission millers here buy their fruit bunches based on a monthly average price, which is roughly about US $1,400. And these prices, they will be operating at a loss. So until prices stabilize, the monthly average comes down to reflect what really prices are. And I think then we'll solve that problem. It's going to be temporary. 
This podcast is available on our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us. And now, back to our podcast episode. Leslie, quite a bit of detail in this next question. So according to PKR's information chief, Mr. Shamsul Iskandar, in a statement by former UMNO Supreme Council member, Tajuddin Abdullah Rahman, has proved that Pakatan Harapan and opposition leader Mr. Anwar Ibrahim did not have sufficient support from MPs to regain power. This is back in 2020. Now, on the other yeah. hand, you've got the former UMNO Supreme Council member, Mr. Nazri Aziz, coming forward to say that backing Mr. UMNO to be PM back then was the right thing to do. Okay, it can be in time again that this is being thrown back into the spotlight. What's the point being made here by PKR's Mr. Shamsul? I mean, he's basically saying, let's not look at Anwar moving forward. I mean, this is just another political football that we're seeing. (laughs) I mean, this has become an issue in recent days because of uh, revelations by a senior Amno warlord, Tajuddin Abdul Rahman, Mm -hmm. who was sacked by party president Ahmad Zaid Hamidi from the policy-making body, uh, the Supreme Council, which is the most important policy-making body in Amno. And since then, he's come out with guns blazing, you know, against Ahmad Zahid, noting that president was actually consulting with Anwar Ibrahim to try and, you know, make him prime minister. So I think what we see now is that factions in AMNO coming out to acknowledge, yeah, there was probably a deal with Anwar. Yeah. He had the numbers. PKR is trying to say, look, Anwar wasn't lying when he had the numbers. I mean, this is just like a political football. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. It's good for the coffee shop banter, but there's nothing more than that. <laughs> I whack you, you whack me, that type of thing. But yeah, exactly, are we expecting yeah. a response from Mr. Anwar? You know, I don't <laughs> think he's going to. You know, he's just going to say that, look, you know, it shows that these guys were with him at one point. Okay, and okay. So that's basically it. Let's turn our attention to Indonesia, the president over there and G20 chairman as well. Mr. Joko Widodo is now in Europe. He plans to visit Russia and Ukraine to meet both countries' leaders and he's going to try and urge peace talks. Wow, I mean, if he succeeds, he's going to be everyone's favourite uncle. Is he an outside chance? Maybe he's the right man for the job. I mean, unsuspecting, unassuming, maybe? I'm not sure there's really a right person for the job. He's attending the G7 summit, which makes him someone of serious standing and mm-hmm. he's also seen as neutral compared to Western leaders who carry a lot of baggage with Putin. I mean, he's going to these meetings with modest goals, seeking both sides to open dialogue, open vital food supply chains that need to yeah. be restored. Really, he's got nothing to lose. In fact, a lot to gain from the point of lifting his already high political profile, actually, at this point. you know. Okay. So he's been that quiet leader of Indonesia that really now people are in the region, especially folks in Malaysia and Singapore, looking at saying, this guy is serious leadership material, actually. Yeah, but it does say a lot, you know, the fact that, I mean, Indonesia is going to suffer or is suffering from all these disruptions that you know, even they are willing to come forward and step out of the comfort zone to try and urge such peace talks. That Precisely, happen. yeah, you know? yeah. Over in Thailand, interesting situation. The Bank of Thailand's officials have said that a tightening of the country's monetary policy will not disrupt the recovery of Southeast Asia's second largest economy. Okay, there is some sign here that there is market expectations for those interest rate hikes. That obviously is going to affect everyone. But why are they so confident that it's not going to affect the country? I mean, is it really just down to tourism or is it more? Well, you know, tourism clearly has a role to play. Sure. I mean, Thailand, since opening up, they've seen like more than 2 million visitors to date okay. this year alone. That, you know, with tourism revenue growing, that will help actually mitigate or provide its 
central bank, Bank of Thailand, with a lot more latitude actually on how mm. to deal with the economic problems. Okay. And I think they're trying to say that, look, you know, we will raise interest rates, which are ultra low at this point, by maybe 75 basis points from 0.5% at this okay. point. I think they can do it, but they're showing that they have the flexibility to move. And at this point, there's really no need to hike rates, really, and derail any kind of economic rebound. So they're taking their time, but they're also letting markets know that they're open to raising interest rates to deal with inflation, to deal with a weakening local currency. Mm -hmm. But I think the central bank is just saying that, look, we have the flexibility moving forward. So these are positive noises, I guess, for the markets. It's not a bad thing. Mm, fair enough. Like monetary policy, different markets sort of being dealt with at different points. We can't be distracted by the loudest one of <laughs> the United States. <laughs> fair enough. Fair point. Uh, Leslie Lopez, regional correspondent for The Straits Times. Appreciate your time as always. You take care. Have a great day, sir. Thank you. The Asian Insider Podcast channel is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Like us and rate us.